1: Got it. Oh, got
2: it. Oh, the wow. uh, you know, that's what I do. I'm the toughest guy. Boston Sean baby. Let's go! Ladies and gentlemen, your winner, Charles Boston Strong Rosa. Oh, there
3: it
0: is. it's it is. Is all over. Dan Hardy wins tonight. And the outlaw, Hardy.
4: Uh, welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Matt and I are still on Skype, gazing at each other. Uh, we have Dan Hardy today. We haven't talked to Dan in a long time. And Charles Rosa is calling in as per Matt's request. Uh, we talked to Bryce Mitchell, and they are uh, they're fighting on this May ninth card. And we had requested. Matt had demanded that we get Charles Rosa on the show. And Matt, when you demand something, they jump. I was going to say, Jimmy. Uh,
3: you said I. You know, I was asking about it. I didn't ask. No. I did not ask. I said, not. get Charles Rosa. On the next on the next show, and bang, here he is. Yep. I made it I made it here at the Sarah household. Well, not the whole household, with me. Sure. On my laptop. I made it a Charles uh, Rosa morning.
4: And you I did. watched
3: three of his fights. Yeah, well, I liked his last fight with Manny B. Mudez. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, I remember he fought Kyle uh Bakniak back in the day. Yeah. yeah, let me watch that. That was fun. And then I watched his fight with Yair Rodriguez. Which was off the hook, man. That was a close yep. ass fight. That was a close fight, and and uh, you know, again, that was a few years back. I'd have to see how many. Maybe like maybe like, am I gonna say five years ago? Or is that is that too? I think that's
4: a little long. Um, I I he was out for a while. How long was he out for? He was I'm out for hours, right two years. Was wasn't he out for? Uh... Let me see. He, he took a, a hiatus for how a I while. I might off
3: with that. Uh, when did he fight Yair Rodriguez, I'll guys? Right now, right that up, was. Oh, you know what,
4: you? Matt? You're, you're twenty fifteen. You're right. I'm looking at it right now. You're it correct. Was, it's five I, years ago. It just doesn't seem that long ago.
3: Come on, man. You're right. Why do I give? I give myself a lot of credit, but I literally just watched the show. I watched the fight, so I knew it was around that. I don't remember the date on it, but that's good. It was five years ago. It's amazing, man. Like, uh, so just, I mean, Rose has been around. And he's got a lot of experience, but Bryce Mitchell is uh, – you know what he reminds me of? If, let's say if like uh, Tom Sawyer or
4: Huck Finn became an MMA yeah. fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't he? Can't you picture him with a straw like a little Tom Sawyer guy? Bryce oh. is funny because he's so polite. Until he starts, until he talks about fighting, he's like, well, yes, sir, I sure do enjoy fighting. But then I heard that piece of shit say something about me, and I'm going to choke him until he dies. It's funny to watch him get pissed oh. off because he's such a nice dude. He says it just like that. He's like, it reminds me, I
3: can't do the accent. I can't even pretend to do the accent. It would be embarrassing and cringy. But he did say that it reminds me when he was on the bus getting like yeah. bullied or something, right? Yeah, dude, yeah. that stuff
4: stays with you. Yeah, Jimmy. he he doesn't like that at all. It feels like bullying and he's one of those guys who does, I mean nobody likes bullying unless you're a bully, but he did he just does not take well to someone talking shit like that.
3: You know what's strange about that Jimmy? And uh it's not good bullying I don't I hate bullies. I hate them. But yeah. part of it is because when I was in 7th grade, I used to get fucked with and I used to get bullied uh, a little bit and it definitely stuck with me to, and it it, sure. it got me to the point where I hate it so much. That it made me into like, you know, I mean, listen, you say, sometimes you say that all heroes don't wear capes and I'm kind of like a little superhero. If I see something wrong and I step in.
4: Sure. Jimmy, you never said that. I've had, but I've, but I've, I've implied it. Okay. You did it. Like when you say it, I'll always go, yeah. Like, so that kind of is like me saying it.
3: (laughs) Well, part of my hatred for bullies is because I was fucked with. So the point is it like my, let's say I know I was never fucked with yeah i mean it's not it's not as good for the anybody i come in contact with because i am a gentle alpha and i look out for the weak. that's jimmy, right i mean would i be that same guy
4: if i did not get fucked with jimmy deep, I know this is a deep question for the beginning of the show you might not i mean it makes a like look i mean i do comedy because that was my way of not getting beaten up. I was funny. It was my way of getting girls to talk to me because I was. it was the only thing I had going for me. So a lot of guys who learn to fight do it because you're getting your ass kicked and, hey, I'm going to respond by fighting. I just didn't, I wasn't tough enough to fight and uh, I figured I could make an asshole out of myself and get the same response, which is to be left alone. You took up comedy and I took up the defensive arts. Yeah, I would prefer to take the defensive art. If I could go back and redo it again, I would just learn to fight and do jokes. I would do both. I mean, I keep thinking hey. I could have started nineteen ninety one when I started nineteen ninety one. I started comedy, and God, I'd be really good by now. But you know what they say, Jimmy? What? Something. Well, I
3: forgot the exact saying, so I don't, <laughs> so I don't know what they say. But they do. They know It's you're. It's never too late. That's they say they that, say. but they're lying. They do say that. Yeah, they and, do. And it is true because you. As as you know, I found out you didn't really tell me. Uh, you trained with the great Jimmy Rivera at Tiger Schulz yes. in New That's York, right. and you were just just coming into just really just starting to really love it.
4: That's okay, yeah, it, yeah, I'll go back. It gets, well, all right, maybe I'm overselling it? No, I'm saying I'll go back as soon as soon as we can. Uh, Lyman Good uh, tested positive for COVID too, uh, but I hadn't gone to that one. That was on the west side and i imagine so, some fighters are going to pop up with it it's you know it, it is what it is it's it's I heard you know, he's doing well
3: from what i heard yeah, yeah. i'm
4: sure he's going to be fine his immune system is probably great he's very healthy um yeah. but i'm still going to go back it's not going to stop me from going and training um even if i was in that gym i'd still go back
3: but you you said that you went to comedy to, with the whole bullying thing and it got you out of you know it it kept you from getting bullied and you should have yeah. done the the martial arts you you're late to the game to the martial arts but you did get to it, so that you listen. You never know. Not that you're looking for trouble, but All you right. never know what, what could happen in the future, Jimmy. It's a yeah, joke, You know me. I'm late to the game with the jokes, and I can't. Nah, get you
4: to always have the jokes.
3: Oh, Jimmy, could you be my sensei? Maybe <laughs> <funnier with laughs> your the whole comedy, comedy sensei? Thing. Please, Jimmy. Jimmy, I'll be your Padawan. That's nothing freaky. That's from the Jedi, and is the Jedi is the Jedi, and then there's the Padawan, and oh. the Padawan is like the apprentice.
4: Oh, I don't know what the, I never heard of that.
3: Well, maybe you should watch a fucking Star Wars or two. I'm, Jim, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, that's not the way.
4: No. This is this is the way. This is the way. You know what that is? Um, Star well, Trek. The
3: Mandalorian. Oh, that you do not watch because I'm not saying you're too cool, but you don't give it a shot. Your buddy Bill Burr was. You know what I've been doing, Jimmy. I've been watching shit I like because there's only so much new shit. Sure. And uh, I, when I want to play it safe, I put on some episodes of The Mandalorian, and one in particular I like. One episode is I forgot the name of it, but it's with your buddy Bill Burr in it.
4: Yeah, here he's great in it.
3: It's like a heist. Like uh, they have to go rescue, a, um, a, a, you know, a, a criminal that's uh, that's uh, in a prison. So they got to break him out of prison. That's well, it's cool, man. You yeah. with Jimmy. If you watch that one episode, you go, you know what? This is fucking cool. Maybe yeah, you will say oh, Yoda God.
4: would show up. Baby Yoda would show up. don't.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: you know, that's the, that's the
3: Yoda. And it's not the it, they say Baby Yoda, but you know it's not actually Yoda. Oh, I thought it was. Well, then, well, this is to see. You know, that is not the way.
4: Oh, they say this is the way. That's the
3: Mandalorian's creed.
4: Oh, okay. Why don't you watch Star Trek? <sighs> Come on, you can live long. Okay, I,
3: have, <laughs> I can never do that fucking thing with the fucking...
4: I, I can't either. I, I can't either. have to cheat and, and take one and open it like that. It's awful. I, I never
3: liked the Star Trek. Even their phases I thought were stupid. Give them a regular fucking handgun. They got those little fucking remote controls they're shooting each other with. Go fuck yourself. But Spock. it's a foreseeable future, though. Hey, hey, some people like Spock. Some people like Chewbacca.
4: You understand? A lot of people don't like both. No, but Chewbacca was kind of stupid compared to Spock. Spock was at least bright. That's well, not Sp- logical, Captain. Chewbacca's like, I,
3: Spock was kind of cool. All right, I'm not lying. Spock, you yeah. know, a human, little Vulcan. I understand.
4: Chewbacca you know. makes noise.
3: But that means to make Spock a human, had to, to F a Vulcan, a girl. who's I don't know who was
4: which. I think I, I don't, I know don't it, remember. I've heard the story, and I blocked it out immediately. How do you, listen? Uh, How do you think a Vulcan is in bed? They show no emotion. Tireless. Exactly. They might be like efficient. Yeah. I'm coming. (laughs) Why'd you stop moving? I came all over the place. Boy, boy, was it good.
3: Holy shit. I'm lighted. You got to stop with that.
4: (laughs) Yeah. I imagine they're not very good in bed. (laughs)
3: Hold on a second. All
4: right. Let's get off.
3: Because a Vulcan cannot be good in bed.
4: There's no No. way. They're probably very good. They're just not emotional.
3: Yeah, but that's a lot of it. You
4: know? No. What? No? The physical? No, they Don't just probably crouch. get in there and pump away.
3: So anyway, we got Dan audio
4: on the show. Yeah, Come we on. do. Dude, he
3: fucking killed me.
0: There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet. Which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high-coverage foundation more popular than soft launching your boyfriend more popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post to it's more popular than influencers
1: see you in there do you want a beautiful lawn Hey, what's up, guys?
3: What's, what's
2: up? up? My man. I'm so happy to talk to you. Uh, thanks, man. I'm also happy to talk to you. I'm a huge fan of yours, man. Ah, you're the
3: best. Uh, listen, I was just talking to your coach slash sensei, yep.
2: Charles McCarthy. Yep.
3: Uh, yeah, I just left him. I was just training with
2: him. so. Yep. I,
3: you, know, how close are you, you know, how close are you with Charles McCarthy? Has he been through you with you your whole career or part of your career or
2: yeah yeah my entire career i moved down to florida when i was 22 years old and i uh actually accidentally i was looking for a boxing gym and i rode my bike into it at the time i didn't have a car when i mo- first moved down here uh, i ro- accidentally rode my bike where i thought it was a boxing gym but it was charles mccarthy's american top team in boca raton florida and um uh, and the rest is history i you know fell in love with it that day
0: why oh.
4: florida yeah
2: uh, you know, I'm like, like pretty much after college, like I, you know, I had a lot of struggles, man. You know, I lost, uh, my two older brothers, Dominic and Vincent when I was 16 and 17 years old, I lost them to accidental drug overdoses. So oh, oh. after that, man, like, you know, life was tough. I, you know, I was able to graduate college. I graduated from college with a degree in culinary arts as a chef. And then I moved to Florida, um, you know, kind of get a fresh start, you know what I'm saying? Cause like, you know, Boston, the life was tough for me, you know, tough people around me. So I just wanted a fresh start. And, you know, luckily I did that. I was able to get a job as a chef. But, you know, being a chef wasn't cutting it for me. Um, You know, after playing hockey my whole life and I was competitive, I needed something else. There's no hockey in Florida, so I was missing that. And, uh, you know, I I figured I'd pick up boxing because my uncle Tommy was a boxer, Tom the Bon Rosa. And, uh, you know, I I rode my bike into a gym, American Top Team, uh, in Boca Raton. I met Charles McCarthy. And ever since then, man, the rest is history. And he's been my mentor since. That
3: is amazing. I I, I love uh, Ricardo Laborio because he's under –
2: Charles is under Ricardo, Ricardo. Yeah, Charles is a black belt under Ricardo Laborio. I actually got my black belt under Ricardo Laborio. Charles McCarthy was right next to him when he gave it, so I I say I have a black belt under Charles McCarthy, Ricardo Laborio, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and it's you know the two of the best, man. Yeah, you know.
3: and, for, and for people that don't know, Charles McCarthy was on season four with me of yeah. the Ultimate Fighter, so I spent a lot of time with Charles, and on the Ultimate Fighter, you know that you as people know, like there's nothing to do. So you're just hanging out with the guys. There's no TV. There's no outlet. You can't leave. So I spent six weeks with Charles. So even if I don't talk to the guy for a while, which I just spoke to him the other day, uh, when we see each other, it's almost like I don't know. You did. You you just ex- yeah went through that experience with each other, you know. So when I see you guys, I, I ran into you guys in Boston uh, when yeah. you had your uh, when you had your win. Uh,
2: yeah, that was yeah.
3: that was what your Manny with the fight with Manny, you no. Know?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was a big one for me. Performance tonight, first round on boss. So I was I was super pumped and uh, you know, to have him, you know, with me there obviously. It was it was a real special night, you know.
4: Now, you look like, oh, like you were in a lot of trouble in that fight, too. At one, at one point, I mean, you're so, you so dangerous off your back. Uh, I mean, he was dropping elbows and it looked like you kept going for the arm and he kept pulling free. Uh, were you, did you know you were going to wind up securing that? Because right before you you uh, you grabbed them, they're saying, well, he's got to put his uh, legs around the waist. Like they were kind of saying that you yeah. should be trying to get out and push off as, as opposed to uh, wrapping your legs around his neck.
2: Yeah, Daniel Cormier called me after and apologized for that. He's like, Man, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's talking tra- you know, he's talking trash. And I was like, Well man, it's just because you don't know jiu-jitsu. You know what I'm saying? You're a wrestler. But he said, We you know, we had a good laugh about it. I was just messing with him, but nah, man, you know, I mean obviously it's not why, where you want to start the fight off. You know, I you know, I threw a kick and I, you know, missed it a little bit, traveled up his hip, and you know, when you catch the, the foot on the hip and you get kind of true topped. And I was on my back, and yeah, man, man, he's a beast. I mean, he's he was really obviously it's the beginning of the fight, beginning of the round. He has all the strength. He had my back up against the cage. But man, that's like my my best position. If someone puts me on their back in the gym, they get submitted, and everybody knows that. So um, you know, that's I mean, you can ask any of my training partners. So I mean that's the, you know, that's what it is. I mean, I definitely don't ever put myself on my back, don't want to be there. Charles McCarthy freaks out and yells at me and tells me to get off my back toe you know he's like you do that. you know he you know that's that's not anything i try to put in my game you know it's always last resort stuff so that was my last resort man you know i was i was i was eating elbows, so i had to go for it now that was a verbal tap now did you yeah. feel it did you feel it pop i mean a lot of times it's like at
3: least four no, pops before no, it's that's done
2: the thing is it didn't even it, it didn't I, I mean i've popped i almost every ufc fight i've popped something on somebody i mean i sure. fought dennis Seaver, i popped his knee he fought right through it uh, you know, I fought, you know, Sean Soriano popped his arm. We fought through it. I ended up choking him over later. But uh, even Yair Rodriguez, I've had him a couple moves and sailed to pop some stuff. But nobody taps. And then, him, I just, boom, I locked it on. And I actually asked him. I got even a video on my phone because I think someone was recording. And they sent it to me later, a fan or something. But I'm like, man, like, I didn't even feel you tap. Like, what was it? He's like, man, that was just so deep that I felt your cuff, like, right under my elbow. And he goes, my arm would have broken half. He goes, So I just, I just screamed and I was like, all that. Right. You know, I asked him because I was curious. I'm like, that was pretty quick, you know, and that's what it is.
3: It looked quick, but maybe he's been there before. Maybe he's had his elbow pop before. Well, maybe it was just a reaction. Ah, yeah.
2: you know. Yeah, if you see Anthony Pettis and Henderson. That kind of was like that. You see that fight when he tapped? I think it was Benson Henderson, uh, Pettis. Was they, that fought it? A, they fought a couple of times, though.
0: Yeah, I'm he to
2: arm him one time, didn't he? Or, or maybe Pettis on barred somebody else. But it was I just remember, like, they tapped real they quick. Did. And it's just part what it is, you know.
3: You know, part of the reason why I'm really excited about your fight with Bryce Mitchell is you guys both show tremendous uh, composure under really shitty circumstances. That yeah. fight with mm-hmm. Yahia Rodriguez was a bond burner, and yeah. uh, it basically started with you in a triangle. I mean, right away, yeah. he got it. was it's, almost, it's one of those things where there's fights, there's certain fights where it's like something goes wrong, and it's almost like starting from the shittiest position. So. Yeah uh i remember a uriah faber fight where he he, the guy went for something the guy ended up just mounted a great jiu-jitsu guy he ended up getting out and winning but it's something similar to that you were in a tight triangle it wasn't close how uh, you kept your elbow on the proper side of the hip if it went across yeah it's usually night lights out how tight was that triangle and what were you thinking that was your first. Correct
2: me. Yeah. Was that your first UFC fight? No. no, no, that, second. Was my third, no that was my third no, fight. I'm my way first, my, my first UFC fight was on four days notice against number yes. 10 ranked Dennis Siever. So I, I flew across the country to fight That him. was your first UFC played, fight? Was it a Seaver fight? Yeah. Was, he, was, he was number Ooh. 10 in the world and I fought fight of the night against him. It was a badass fight. If you watch that, I don't know if you've seen that. but It was fight of the play, night. That's like one of my favorite. And then I went back, submitted Sean Soriano. Came from there, fought Yair yeah, Rodriguez, lost this bullshit split decision to him. I mean, I thought I, I thought I whooped his ass. I was finishing the fight, elbowing him in the face, and it's you know up against the cage. But you know, it is what it is. Split decision loss. I'm fighting in his hometown, Mexico City. Come back, uh, you know, 30-27, uh, Kyle Bosniak, uh, one of the toughest kids I ever fought in my life. The kid's a fucking monster. You should see when he fought uh, Zabit. You know, I, should, I point that out a lot. His kids nails, dude. I was hitting him with everything. His face was destroyed. His leg was black and blue, but. And then, you know, I I came back against Shane Burgos and I was up two rounds to none against him. He caught me with a good shot. I was on my feet, swinging back, and the ref, I thought the ref prematurely jumped in. I mean, I, I was there. The second he grabbed me, I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So I don't like to make excuses or nothing like that. And, and, I mean, also, that was fight of the night. So my three losses in the UFC are all fight of the night bonuses. I've never had a bad performance. I always go out there and perform. And a little bit of bad luck, and I think the time is going to turn, you know, where you know maybe the ref doesn't jump in early in the fight. I mean, that's how Frankie Edgar became one of the greatest fighters of all time is because they didn't stop the fight against Maynard, you know. And right. It's, uh, it sucks, you know. I didn't get that that luck of the draw, but I don't make excuses. I'm, I just go out there and I do the best I can, and I, I, I perform every time.
3: You know, I love, I'm sorry, Jimmy. I okay. watched, even this morning, I watched three of the fights. And that you know, Rodriguez fight, shit, man. Dude, I mean, that was a fucking
2: brutal. I mean, I, I could see where you could have a problem with that decision. You know what it I mean? It depends how you score. If you like that, if you like top control on the ground, if you like, yeah. if you think elbows and strikes are more effective than, you know, little jabs and, you know, inside kicks or what, you know, it depends what you think, you know. But.
3: Why, I, I, one of the reasons I wanted you on here. Uh, is because if you look at your record, and there's a lot of and this is true to MMA, because a lot of records, Jimmy here, uh, it, like his record is three and three in the UFC, correct? Right.
2: Yeah, three and three in the it,
3: UFC. You don't seem like a 500, a bad 500 fighter here. Like, you don't, you don't, you should be talked about more, because of these losses, ha- 10 days notice with Dennis, Dennis Siever. Uh, four days and,
5: notice. And, uh,
3: oh, what the fuck four. am I saying? I'm, dude, I'm awful. But uh, short notice, <laughs> very short notice. No, did you have a camp at
2: all? Were you training for anything? I, I mean, I'm always trained. There's never a time to yeah. train. I mean, I don't think I've, you know, besides being injured, I'm I'm always in training, you know, working hard, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it was it, the only thing that was tough about that. I had to cut 33 pounds in four days. Luckily, I did because I wouldn't have got performance. I wouldn't have got fight of the night and bonus if I didn't make the weight. So
3: it was, you know. Now, yeah, now Bryce Mitchell, you know, people are talking about Bryce, you know, yes. for what it is. Yep. So, I mean, Bryce, is first of all, and, and rightfully so for the kid, you know what I mean? He's he's a, a tough-ass kid, a likable kid, and uh, he pulled off that twister, which got a lot— yeah. of, I mean, that spiked up his popularity, which he was already on people's radar.
2: Yes, mission of the year,
3: yeah. So now, with this, you're looking at him— what is it you want? And I always get the shine and the shade. You don't want the shade. The shade's yeah. bad. You want the shine. Yeah. You want the smoke. Somebody, yeah. somebody, somebody hold <laughs> on, Charles. I fuck this up all the time. Somebody DM'd me. <laughs> A guy DM'd me. He goes, hey, Matt, man, I got to help you out with the whole shade and the smoke thing. Yeah, so I'm going to yeah. read that. <laughs> yeah. But you don't want to be talked about taking out Bryce Mitchell. Is this the fight? Is this the coming out party for the
2: fans? We already know you. But the, yeah. for everybody, is this yeah, the coming I mean, out the party now? Yeah, if mean, the whole world doesn't know who I am now, they're definitely going to know, you know, um, after my fight May 9th. I don't think there's any doubt in that. I mean, I've, you know, I had an amazing performance my last fight, first round on bar for, over a top guy that I was the underdog against. Everyone said he had, Manny Bermuda's had the best jiu in the world. And then, you know, this this Bryce Mitchell fight. Yeah, the kid's a young, super talented, hungry, undefeated kid coming in 3-0 in the UFC, coming off submission of the year um and man these are the guys that i want i want the top guys i want to be fighting the best guys in the world i've already fought all the best you know i've already fought three top 10 guys in my career and those are I, you watch all those fights they're all fighting at the night they're all fucking wars you know so i know where my is at but that was also three or four years ago you know i'm a, i didn't start in this game like i said when i came into charlotte McCarthy's gym i was 23 years old i was a hockey player i was just you know what i'm saying i, I, I was just a kid i didn't have any former background with martial arts just an athlete playing hockey tough kid, gotten a lot of fights and hockey games and stuff like that but man my skill level like i think about myself coming to the ufc four years ago with dennis siever and i think of myself now and it's a completely different animal and you know that's that's that you know that's that's the facts behind it so i'm excited i think this is where i should have been when i got in the ufc like at this level and i would have went right to the title and that's where i'm at now
4: you really got Bryce upset too because he, he, we had him on and he said, Yeah, we had already signed for the fight. We were all good. And then he's saying he's going to break my arm off and fuck it. He was really he, fuming. Uh, so you you really pissed him off if that was your intention.
2: Yeah, man. Well, what's going to happen? I'm not his friend coming into this fight. He's going to get his arm broken. So, you know, I, you know, I wrote a comment like someone said, Oh, yeah, and he, you know, you better get some, you know, Reebok camo shorts or something. And I said, You better get him a camo sling too because he's going to need that after I break his arm. And that's you know how I feel. I mean, this is war for me. I'm not going in there to be his friend. I mean, after you know, the fight, earns my respect. After the fight's over, it's one thing, but as far as what it is right now, man, I mean, I'm I'm going there to take his head off. I'm sure he's going to be doing mine. And uh, you know, there's no love between me and him right now. And uh, you know, I don't have any respect towards him right now until you know he earns it, and he has. Yeah.
4: Do you need that going into a fight? Like some guys need to dislike somebody, and some guys, like you know, Sam Alvey doesn't care. He could fight his brother. Like some guys just don't give a shit, and some guys need a little animosity.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I need something. You know, I sometimes everyone always asks me like, why do you look so mean? You go in there, and it's because, man. I mean, I I am willing to die when I go in the octagon. Some everyone has a different thing, but when I step in that octagon, like it's it's. I, I mean, I'm willing to die in there. So when I step foot in there, it's war for me. And. Uh, that's how I have to think about it. And that's, that's how I go into it, you know, and maybe that's the reason. So people say, Oh, so you're not scared or something like that, but that's my way of going in there. And that's how I walk in there with, with Supreme confidence.
3: And let me tell you, Jimmy, I want you to, after this interview with we'll talk, see how nice and polite this kid is, you know, yep. <laughs> watch us walk out in Mexico city, uh, versus Yaya Rodriguez. Holy shit, Jimmy, you think I get hyped up on my espresso? I love Charles and the fight lived up to that fucking walkout. Cause sometimes guys walk out and they're fucking, and it's like, Oh, this is gonna be great. And then it's a dud. Dude, the fight lived up to the walkout and the walkout got me fired up. Like, so what was the feeling walking out with Yair Rodriguez? I know it was five years ago, dude, but shit, was- dude, you were in the zone, man. How that, are you feeling with that?
2: That was a crazy one, man. I remember I had the American flag that run Mexico city, of course. So there's 30,000 Mexican fans, you know, cheering against me. So, uh, yeah, this 35,000 fans, Sharon's, we're standing yes. under the tunnel, and I remember Charles McCarthy is next to me in the tunnel, and I, some some, some Mexican guys tried to pour beer, they pour beer on me, so I got beer on, they're trying to pour it on me from up top, you know what I'm saying, like the top part of the balcony, yeah. and Charles McCarthy tries to jump up and like rip the guy off the balcony, because, you know, he's trying to protect me, I mean, he's, you know, so yeah. I'm already fired up, but that just got me more fired up, like, I'm gonna f this kid up so bad, dude, like, you know, all these, uh, and I didn't even know what they are saying, they are screaming at me in Spanish, but... I knew they weren't saying good things, and, you know, that kind of got me a little bit extra hype, but it doesn't matter, man. You know, I I have tunnel vision when I walk out there, and I have the same thing. Like, when I'm going in there, like, not, you know, like I said, I mean, you can tell, talk to me, everyone says I'm a nice guy, but there's a switch that I do that I flip. You know, when I flip the switch, like, it's on, you know, and uh, I get tunnel vision. I don't see anything. I just look at my opponent, and I'm looking at him like that's all I see, and, you know, I do that Mike Tyson thing. Like, I remember watching that video when I was, like, maybe, you know, 13, 14 years old about how... He looks for the twitch in their eye i literally do that like i don't take my eyes off them and and i'm going And that's just gives me my free my full confidence you know
4: and which so when you were a kid did that, did that start when you were a kid I mean, if you had two older brothers you know yeah. most guys that have two older brothers get their asses kicked by their older brothers Is was that, is yeah, that where that kind of started
2: sure. oh yeah for sure man i, I was my whole freaking childhood was grew up me just trying to get away from my brothers whooping my ass but you know luckily i have two younger brothers too lucas and francis my brother lucas rosa just moved down from boston uh, and also, I have a sister, Teresa. Uh, but my brother Lucas just moved down from Boston. You know, he's a uh, from New Hampshire. He's a state champion wrestler in New Hampshire. So he wants to pursue this fighting thing full time. So that's pretty cool. So, you know, I really like to think I come from a fight family. If you ever meet my dad, you can tell he's a, he's a bruiser himself. He's a beast of a man. And, uh, you know, my uncle Tom, the Bomb Rosa,
4: you know, over 200 boxing fights. So I just, <laughs> you know, it's pretty cool. So yeah, you're also, sorry, Matt, you're also a chef too, which I'm fascinated with because I, yeah. I, we've talked to a lot of guys that do a lot of different jobs, but, you know, but a lot of times they're bouncers or they I don't think I've talked to a professional chef who's a fighter yet. What, what made you go into that?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's what I wanted to, I mean, that's, uh, that's what I do. I mean, I went to, I mean, that's what I went to school for. I got my degree in culinary arts. I graduated from Johnson and Wales and uh, in Providence, Rhode Island, but Pretty much after after high school like you know you have the meeting with the guidance counselor at the end when i went to high school in boston and they're like oh, you know what do you want to do when you what do you want to do after call after high school and i'm like i don't i want to play hockey and they were like well you can't play hockey and i'm like well, why not i want to be in the NHL. like eh, you know what i mean and it's just kind of just it wasn't like i mean i wasn't the best hockey player in the world but i was like that's what i wanted to do and they're like well what else do you like to do and kind of sarcastically i was like well i like to eat i love food i come from a large italian family like my mom and dad have each each have eight brothers and sisters. So ever since I was a little kid, I can remember rolling meatballs in the kitchen with my dad and my mom. That so <laughs> That's how I grew up. So I always was cooking, always eating, like always food on the table, you know. And uh so I loved cooking. So I was like, oh, I love eating. And then the lady was like, oh, I kind of said it like sarcastic. But she was like, oh, why don't you go to the school, Johnson of Wales, that has a hockey team and they have a culinary program. And I was like, hey, wow. best of both worlds. So that's what I did. And I, you know, luckily was able to pull out of it, graduate. There a lot of shit, but, you know, and uh, I'm happy I did because it helps a lot with my fight diet and my nutrition and all that stuff. Oh, right. Uh, you know, I ended up getting a great job down here. I worked at a five-star restaurant, like cut 432, a five-star steakhouse in South Florida was like, you know, it's like a real restaurant. And then I learned how to cook there too. So uh, it's my other passion, but fighting is my number one, you know.
4: Nothing better than a good steak. Like, you know, I've gone like, you ever go to a Michelin place and some of them are great. Oh, then I have these weird, this is an egg with cinnamon. Fuck you. Like, it's just not good. Right.
2: Well, it's all quality, man. That's what people are always like. Oh man, like people have not come over. Like I've been to different places. You know, I've even been to a, uh, you know, a Wonder Boy's house. I went over there, lived at his house for a little while. I cooked them, <sighs> trim scampi dinner. You can ask, you know, Ray Thompson or or or, oh, or, shit. Uh, or or them about that. I, you know, amazing family they are and stuff like that. But you know, I I went there and cooked for them and stuff like that. But sometimes I'll go to like my friends' houses and they're like, hey man, you got to cook. You're a chef. Like, what can you make? And I'm like. All right, well, what do you want to make? And now look in the cabin, and they get, like, mac and cheese and, like, canned tuna. You're <laughs> like, bro, I can't do anything with this. Like, you need fresh ingredients. Like, you can't just make magic out of nothing. And so there is, you know, I can definitely make things better, but it's all about the fresh ingredients and stuff like that and getting the right stuff.
3: Were you, were you training with Wonder Boy at the time? You were out there training? Yeah, that
2: was – yeah, it was both five or six years ago probably I, before i was in the ufc so i saw some sidekicks that's why i'm asking yeah yeah that's where i learned it from uh you know ray taught me ray and steven they taught me a lot man they were treating me like family lived at their <laughs> house a little bit i i developed their style. i used their style and you know i i mean i used it because one time i got dropped in a fight I, I won the fight but it was like i got dropped and i'm like man i gotta get rid of this 50 50 fighting like i just come in every time and if i fight like this 10 times like Eventually, one time you're going to lose and we can't afford that if I want to be the champion, you know, so because I was like the best amateur in the country. I was fought 20 amateur fights. I was like 19. I was like, 18, and 0, like unbelievable record. So like one time I got dropped, I got up and I, like, I won the fight. But I was like, man, like we can't ever let that happen again. So at that time, Charles McCarthy was managing uh, Stephen Thompson. and He's like, hey, I got this guy, man. Like he's the most elusive, like best stand up guy in the world. And I was like, a karate guy is the best guy in the world. Bro, I went and trained with Stephen Thompson, there's no doubt, like he is the best stand up guy on the planet Earth. Like, you know, like, how's you know. how's how's Ray Thompson as an in instructor? Oh, I dude, can see him being a little stern. He's a legend, he's a legend dude. That guy's a legend. Like you say he's yes, great. sir, you call him Mr. T or yes, sir. That's all you you know, you can respect him like a father right away. Like he just has that composure and he's a special dude. He's
3: good, he's good entertainment too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, we had some fun
2: tops, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> we had a little
3: thing about Kimo's ponytail. Might have that's been right. Heard. And you were right, Matt. I watched I, the fight. I, and you were I, I right. right it. Well, he thought he got the hair pulled out because it's like an old, like, uh, sale. Uh, what is it? Like an old,
4: um, it's like a like bun?
3: It, no, it was it a, was, uh, no, he had a top knot, is what he had. Oh. And, and, uh, every, a lot of people were saying he got pulled out because hoist, back in the day, you were allowed to pull hair in the UFC. Oh, oh, so, hoist had it. Great, well, this is UFC number three. So, I mean, this is when it was NHB, not MMA, you know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he had him by the uh, by the top knot, and he was, like, working him from his guard, always. And people are saying he got pulled out because you saw something black on the mat, but it was the fucking mouthpiece. So Thompson's, <laughs> he's so great. I'm like, remember when you brought that up? He's like, yes. I go, well, you – I think you were wrong. He's like, you are mistaken. I'm like, oh! <laughs> yeah, you don't, mess with you don't talk back to Mr. T. Not even <laughs> a kid to do that. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's so great, man.
4: But uh, what else was I going to say? You were right, but I probably won't tell him that the next time he's on. I'll probably forget about this and just – but I watched the fight right after that interview, and I'm like, yeah, Matt was right. That was a mouthpiece. And then they even said there was a mouthpiece on the on – the, on
2: the uh, Yo, so one other thing I was going to – like I don't think I saw it yet, but I'll probably go back and watch it because I just, I just subscribed to this uh, podcast thing. But uh, I, I, what was uh, Bryce Mitchell saying? He was talking to it
4: or – Right. Wow. He was pissed off that he said he's like, I don't, I don't know why he's talking. Uh, we already had the fight and he's just talking shit. He said, He's going to break my arm. And it, it really annoyed him. Like like the fact he took that very personal. Oh, here's what he, he said. Right, Matt? He said he felt like it was bullying. He's like it reminded him of when he was younger and people would talk shit to him. Like, so it tapped into something I, he didn't I, like.
3: It was like, why would you tell somebody you don't even know you're going to break his damn arm? That type what <laughs> I mean, are that's what we doing. I mean, what are we
2: doing? Hey,
3: everybody's got to use. Whatever they need yep. to get themselves mentally straight to get locked in a cage with somebody. Yeah. You understand? That's how I feel. So I when I hear, like, my whole attitude was listen, I have enough friends that could use some enemies. I'm in the fight game. Fuck it. Like, you know what I mean? Because yep. it does suck compared like, we talked about this the lab, we talked about this with Bryce Mitchell, which was, I've had opponents that I like. Because when you live in the house, it's hard not to like somebody. So yeah, I yeah, really, I uh, me and Chris Lytle, we got yeah, really yeah,
2: you close. Yeah, you fought him for the championship, I, right? And then you, I fought yeah, him for the,
3: the, oh. the yeah, for the, and we were both um in the house together on the tough yeah, course.
2: We fought yeah, for, yeah, the, for the,
3: the tough championship, yeah. So, and it was like a really close, uneventful fight, you know. Uh, yeah, and you I, won. Again, it was 30-27, 30-27, 30-27. Two for me, one for him, so it was really weird, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know? And it really could have went either way, you know. But then, you know. Anyway, what the fuck? Am- oh, so we got really close. I had to fight him again after that. It went great. But uh, I, then, uh, and then I had to fight him again, like for my last fight. And it just oh, you got your event. Different- yeah. I lost that one, and that was a better. It was more of a scrap, but just throwing. I don't know. I should have went for it. Listen, I should have done my jiu-jitsu. I should have tried. He's not easy- he's not easy to tap. But I should have fucking ended a takedown, Charles. Learn from my mistakes. But anyway, the point is. I fight a guy like that. I really like. It is. It's a. You're still competing, and it doesn't make you fight less. But getting there when you got a guy that you can't lose to, or a guy that says anything, even if you don't know, he says a remark that you don't like. It's like I. Your pride steps in, and it's like you know what? I'm not fucking losing the Frank Trigg. I'm not losing yeah. the fucking Hughes. Yeah. Fuck those guys.
2: Fuck them. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> like, what I want. I yeah, want the fight. That's the. That's now the I want shit. That's angriest Bryce Mitchell I can get. So whatever I gotta say to get him there, and you know whatever I do to get myself there, it's uh. Now I want the fight that the fans are expecting. You know what I'm saying? And again, man, he was in yeah. that, I watched his fight with Bobby Moffat, and he was in some tight-ass darst chokes, and yeah, that's tough. a
3: fight I really watch. If you want to see his metal, you want to see what he's made of. Yeah, and I'm I, like, all right, this kid, you know, was a like a nice talks like a nice southern boy, like oh, you know, yeah, all I mean, polite. But he's got it man, too. So this fight, when I it when I had, but we were gonna have him on. I started going back watching your fights. I'm like, holy fuck, this should be talked about. This fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm yeah. fucking, um, the whole card is is excellent. It's the, the opening open.
4: fight on the card.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're opening, man. It's, it seems like it's gonna be historical. They're saying it's gonna be the first major sporting event to happen since the pandemic. So I'm really hoping it happens. I'm ready for it to happen. It's I'm, you know, pretty cool that we're gonna be the first ones. First ones on since all this madness, you know? All right, listen. Enough of all this fight stuff. I want to ask yeah. you something.
3: Yeah. Uh I know you're tight with Charles McCarthy. My God, he, yeah. he is a ranked virtual reality Pavlov player. Do you know this about your <laughs> Yeah, own dude.
2: Success? Well, I didn't even really know it until like the last like year. And he tell me, you know, do this. And I'd go over his house and he'd put me on his virtual reality thing and I was like, this is crazy. Like, why don't I have one of these? And it was like the coolest thing. I'm like, I can't believe like everyone doesn't have one of these the best thing ever. It's like real world. Like you put it on and you're on another planet. But then recent until recently, the last year, this this new restaurant opened up where it's like a virtual reality, they have a restaurant and uh like it's like a whole thing. And I met all of his teammates and we had dinner together and like they set up all the VR and stuff and like really amazing people and like it was just, they were like, do you know how good Charles is? He's, like, one of the best in the world. I'm like, are you serious? Like, yeah, our team won the championship of, like, the whole world in VR. And I was like, I, you know, Charles is a humble guy, so he doesn't go around bragging how smart he is and how good he is at VR and how good he is at all this stuff he is. But, man, I, I really think Charles McCarthy is, like, a genius, man. Like, you just don't say it. You know, he's he's really good. He's an amazing teacher, you know, jiu-jitsu. And his VR, like, for what his teammates were saying, and I looked him up, they're all legit. Like, that. you know, what, what do, you got, you must be good at it. I, you know,
3: And I was talking to him the other day about it. And he's a humble guy. But again, we're close. Yeah. So he plays the game Pavlov. The geeks are like this, Jimmy. I don't, want, don't yeah. think we're losing to <laughs> The geeks right now are getting hard. Listen. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so I like standout battle royale. That's what I like. It's like PUBG. Yeah, yeah. He likes more of like a Counter-Strike in VR. And it's like, yeah. so listen, man, I'm not shitting on his game. So all of a sudden he goes, standout is done. And I go, wait, I thought he meant dope because I thought there was a typo. Yeah. So he's shitting on my game. Oh, there's more mm-hmm. bots than plays. And I go, oh, McCarthy, you better chill, man. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, I go, look, man, fuck your game. You're on there two seconds. You get killed. No strategy. There's yeah. no fucking strategy, Charles. Charles is no, There's no strategy. Yeah. And he starts arguing with me, you no, know? but you got your squad. This strategy, strategic. Yeah. I go, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let the world know now. You drop me and Charles McCarthy in a standout battle royale setting. You're the last man standing. I'm sorry to get dark, with you right there. No, it's, well,
4: the, only way to, the only way to know is it to it
3: happen. So let's do it. All right. I'm sorry. We're back now. I just had to air that out.
4: We can always cut that out of the interview. No, it's, we should do it. No, it's a challenge. It's got it's got to stay in, Matt. You can't oh, cut that. I
2: like. You like better get it out. Vent it up. out.
4: All right. Look, Charles, uh, we're happy you came on and it was it was fun talking to you, man. And uh, I'm really, really psyched for this fight. The entire card is amazing, even though Amanda, unfortunately, dropped out. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dominic Cruz to see Dominic fighting again uh, is fantastic and uh, good luck with it, man. It's uh, it's a great card and everybody is going to be watching it because even people who aren't necessarily UFC fans are probably going to watch it because people are home and they're looking for sports. So uh, there's going to be a lot of eyes on you.
2: Awesome man, I appreciate it, man. It's awesome, you know. Thanks for having me on the show. Good stuff. I might like, like, I just wanted to shout out one thing. I just, you know, if you guys want to follow any of my my, my uh, cooking stuff on my Instagram, you know, it's Charles Rose MMA on Twitter. I post like latest fight updates or things that's going on in the fight, and I always got like some cooking stuff that I'm doing on there, so you can check that out. And then you can also check out my family's charity, Uh Fight.com, uh, family charity my mom and dad started. Uh, to help knock out substance abuse so you know my dad goes in the water he lives up in boston freezing cold he jumps in the freezing cold ocean
0: every oh, wow. morning
2: to help raise money to help knock out substance abuse so you guys can go in there donate or you can just go in there and watch my crazy dad jump in the water when it's snowing every morning so
4: hey did you avoid by the way before we let you go did you avoid that road because of the road your brothers went down did you kind of stay away or did you almost go down that road or, or did you did that kind of keep you away
2: yeah, I mean, it kept me away a little bit. But, I mean, it was it was tough, man. It wasn't easy because, you know, at that time I was 16, and 17. Like, those years of your life, out. you know, I was I was a pretty bad kid. But I was able to turn things around and, you know, happy where I'm at now. And I, you know, help a lot of people and, uh, you know, try to be good now. You know what I'm
4: saying? Good, man. Let me,
2: let me tell you, Charles, uh, you, you
3: know, your family, it seems like it, it's seen a lot of tragedy. But uh, not only the way you fight, the way you carry yourself, I'm sure you're making everybody very proud in your family.
2: I appreciate that, man. All right, man.
3: Thanks, thanks Charles. For thanks, on thanks. On with us. Yeah, man. Mean. Yeah, thanks, good luck man. in the fight. Yeah, I'm McCarthy. I'm fucking coming for him in the all fucking dude. DR. I'm <laughs> coming <laughs> for him.
2: You let him <laughs> know. All right, I'll let him know. I'll let him know. Later, guys, all right, I'll Charles.
4: See you later, man. Bye. Later, buddy. Boston Strong. Uh, what a, a nice dude. guy. What a nice kid, no? Yeah, yeah. Really nice dude. I didn't uh, know he was a chef, too, until today, and I started reading more. Uh, what an interesting combination. First of all, women must throw themselves at that dude. You, you can fight, and you're a chef.
3: But, but, and, and he's good looking, good looking. I have none of kid. those things. He's a good looking, well spoken kid. He's got it, he, and, and he could he could cook. He's a fucking badass. And uh, it, this is one of the things it took. It's we have so many fights, uh, maybe not lately. Like we're getting back to it May 9th. Sure, I'm looking forward to it with this card. He deserves some attention because, I mean, both him and if you look at his opponent, Bryce Mitchell. Uh, it's going to be a great fucking fight. And I just want, it's always better when people know a little bit more about the fighter. Agree. You, uh, you watch this kid's fight. You go to fight UFC fight pass. and You put in Charles Rosa. You're not going to have a bad fight. I, I mean, I wanted just to watch the last fight. Then I watched the fight before. And then I, I ended up watching like at least three or four of his fights. So he's, uh, he's really entertaining. And uh, this fight with Bryce Mitchell is a perfect matchup to bring out the best skills in both guys.
4: But you're so. right, Matt. The, the, when when you interview people or you listen to people talk, you get a little invested in them because there's so many fighters. There's so many guys. But when you get to know somebody a little bit or you, or you get to hear them talk and you see what their life is, then you're a little more invested in watching them fight. Whether you like them or dislike them doesn't matter. You become more invested in watching them fight because you've learned something about them. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy,
3: he lost two of his siblings. I never yeah, knew that. I didn't I mean, I know that. Yeah. I mean – that's I mean I mean, and look what he's doing, man, he really is. I'm making his, uh, his whole family proud. He looks like a, you know, such a great he looks like a really nice kid. You know Look at that fucking hair this guy has. Look at it, Jimmy.
4: It's an incredible do sound, head. Of hair. Do, I, do I sound jealous of his hair? <laughs> oh, you sound complimentary, you're not?
0: There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet. Which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high-coverage foundation. More popular than soft-launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi. It's more popular than influencers.
1: See you in there. Do you want a beautiful lawn?
5: to no. i can cut some off and send it to you if you like
3: dan how you been man how are good. you dude i haven't seen you in a minute that's a long time, a long time. that's how the kids talk. long
5: time yeah how are things with you
3: things are good man things are good i mean we're in a fucking quarantine how tell me a day in the life for dan hardy in quarantine
5: yeah where are you uh, I'm, I'm in England. I'm at home in England. Um, I live in a small village in the Midlands, so it's, it's quiet around here anyway, so it doesn't feel too different, to be honest. And I'm, I'm pretty antisocial. I like to stay at home, so I, I don't mind it too much.
3: You're antisocial. I didn't get that vibe when I, when I hung out with you <laughs> a fucking decade ago <laughs> when you fought GSP. Uh, Jimmy Norton, do you know that this man went five rounds with GSP in his prime? I do. Okay. I just want the world to know. <laughs> because new, hey, listen, new—we all know. You know, this is a radio thing. All and you know, the new kids who are watching UFC—they're like, "Oh, the guy with the funny hair who does—he's really good as an analyst." But they don't know that that Dan Hardy's a fucking beast.
5: Yeah, but or maybe yeah, they do. But you know, And and I'll tell you something else as well. There's a reason I, I managed to go five rounds with him, and that was the training I did with you, my friend. Uh, that oh. those those sessions that we did on the mats in your school prepared me for those five rounds better than anything else.
3: Oh, that's just, I love that plug. I wish my schools were running. I'd fucking run with that. (laughs) Yeah, man, we had some, hey, listen, we had a good time, though. We really did. You came down with a few of your buddies, uh, and we had a a good time. Me, you, Longo, we had some laughs, you know? Yeah.
5: Yeah, we did. We did. And it was just, it was exactly what I needed, because, you know, morale was kind of low at the time. I just lost my grandfather, and it was just me and two other people out there. So... We kind of felt a little bit isolated, and then we got connected up with you guys, and you, you brought us in like family, and, and really helped me out.
3: Now, I thought you were living in Las Vegas or or on the West Coast somewhere. Where were you living? When did you How move
5: back? A, I, I was in California for a while, and then I moved to Vegas. And then uh, oh. to, you know, uh, around my last fight, probably about six months after my last fight, uh, which was, I mean, what's nearly seven years ago now, maybe even oh. seven years ago. Um, I moved back to the UK and I've been here ever since Uh, I I bought an old an old building an old church building and uh, I'm just kind of working on it and slowly (laughs) building on it and I've got a wicked gym in this place it's awesome yeah so what happened you homesick or you
3: just missed the fucking gloom of the UK you, you LA was i mean west coast was too sh- sunshine and fucking what happened you missed home why
5: you leave? you know what you know what i i loved it i always did i i do love california and i will live there again at, at some point for a period of time and vegas as well was a lot of fun um but you know what it's like F- family's family's the most important and and right now i could be at my parents house in 30 minutes same with my sister and my grandparents um you know so it's it's Plus, you know, I—I'll I, be honest. I like—I like the UK. I like the climate here. I like the, uh, you know, and and I'm, I'm working for the UK for the UFC in Europe most of the time as, as well. So yeah. saves a lot of air travel. You're no. great behind the mic too. You must like a of lot of guys. that are fighting. Have no idea what what they're
4: gonna do. For you, it just seems to be kind of a natural uh, progression, and you still get to be around it, and it's still kind of your life. That's got to feel good.
5: Well, I've always had too much to say for myself. I think that's always helped. Um, and and I've I've never been particularly particularly talented at anything when it comes to martial arts. So I've always had to learn everything. I've always had to go through each step and learn every technique. You know, make sure that you know make sure it was correct. Otherwise, it just wouldn't work for me. Like you know, one of my teammates, Paul Daly, had wicked power in his hands. You know, and and like it was it almost seemed effortless for him to knock people out. Whereas I had to make sure my timing was right, my technique was right. So I think I was just able to kind of you know learn the mechanics of things and that's transferred quite well um and plus you know I'm I'm a huge I'm a huge MMA fan you know I j- I just love learning so it's it's easy for me to be be obsessive about uh, you know a fighter or a fight card or you know if I'm researching for inside the octagon to spend a couple of days just watching two fighters and how they're going to face off I mean that's uh, that's the dream job for me now uh,
3: I'm sorry jimmy okay. at 30 at, at 37 you're not old by any means you know, uh, you know, there was talk about you possibly having one more. I know you said, i remember never hearing that. Were you saying that somewhere? Uh, is that, is that talk done? Cause I know you had a little bit of health issues. I don't know exactly what it was. Something with your heart. Uh, is, is any more talk about coming back or you're just done with that?
5: Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm always, I'm, I'm always kind of ticking over. I'm always training and it never leaves that itch to fight. I don't know how you feel, Matt, but it, it never leaves that. I, 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 you know, Every time I'm sitting up the side watching these guys, uh, part of me is a little bit jealous because I'd love to be in there, experiencing that that adrenaline rush again. Um, you know, and if the time's right and the opponent's right, then at some point I, I would step back in there. Um, I'd have to I'd have to make sure I was prepared for it though, and I'm you know I'm, I need to pick up my training a little bit more. But this, this, yeah. there are too many things going on at the moment. Towards the end of last year, when I was trying to get some consistent training together, I was at most events, and then. This year started, I had two, two events to go to, one over in New Zealand, one in Brazil, and then lockdown started. So uh, I'm just kind of ticking over at home now.
4: What else so do you do? Thing. You said you bought a building. Oh, sorry, Matt. What, what, you bought a building, what are you doing with it? And what are you gonna do inside the, uh, what, what is the building for?
5: Well, it's, it's an old uh, church building. It was, uh, it was built in 1895. Um, so it's, you know, I mean, when I moved in, it had the original roof on it with, you know, no insulation, it was just slate tiles on, on wood. Um, so I've had to I've had to do a lot of work just to kind of update it, um, you know. But it's getting to the stage where I can start, you know, converting the loft. I've put my I've installed a gym in in one of the one side of the building. So, like anyone that follows me on Instagram can see me working out in my gym, hitting my bag. That's that's in my house. That's I had a big training rig built in my house. This is my office, which I'm not sure that you can see is full of Lego. Oh, ever. you're a Lego guy. I just yeah.
4: bought one for the first time in years about a week ago because I might want to do a Lego. Which, are, are, is
5: that something you're – is like a hobby of yours? I, I've, had, I've had Lego for every birthday and Christmas since I was probably five years old. That, that, the Lego oh. shit behind me, I've got one behind me with red sails. That was the first one I got. I got that one when, for Christmas when I was five, and I've just collected I, now, ever since.
3: I'm in, Now, this is fascinating to me. Tell me about – now. I had a big imagination as a kid. I'm kind of still a big kid. What is it with the Legos? Is it like a puzzle? Like, is it like somebody gets a grat? It's like, is it you get a satifica- satifi- satisfaction. satisfaction? Satisfaction.
0: <laughs> I You notice
3: <know>, <laughs> why again, Hardy? This is why I'm a podcast guy, not an analyst, motherfucker. Well, <laughs> is like the same satisfaction as somebody doing a fucking puzzle, or what? I don't understand. What is the what is the thing with the Legos?
5: I I don't know what I don't know. I think it's different for a lot of people. For me, it was. I mean, when when I was a kid, it, I was I had I've got a great imagination, so I was able to create things. I was able to kind of you know work out ideas in my head. with, You know, with the bricks. I mean, they they kind of give you you know unlimited flexibility. And then they've got like the pirate sets and the castle sets and you know all the city sets. You can you know so depend no matter what you like, you can buy something that you can build yourself. There's definitely a satisfaction to completing a set, and some, you know, I mean, they get more and more challenging. I've got one in the, in the other room at the moment that needs doing, which is the Millennium Falcon from oh. Star and that is, I mean, that's that's the biggest Lego set of any. How made. many pieces? It's about seven. I think that's about seven thousand pieces.
3: Wow, which is
5: it, it, that's a lot. I mean, that's a uh, that's that's a thousand dollar set. That is, it's going to take me a while to build. It um, seems like
3: work to me. <laughs> Like, that's why I look at a puzzle and like a big puzzle with all the million and you put it together and it gets a picture the fuck really this piece <laughs> it, fuck off I Puzzles like, are
5: different the puzzle I like to do how to get out to of the
3: to fucking lockdown I don't know
5: <laughs> yeah no I, I hear what you're saying I used to use it in training camp because it used to help me relax like if my brain was racing I couldn't sleep like to get a Lego set out and just build it like the, the methodical process of going through the instructions and you know step by step putting it together i i always find it quite relaxing um, do you ever take them apart accumulation which i'm working through during lockdown do you ever take them apart
4: and build other stuff out of just like two or three combined sets
5: yeah yeah I, I do i mean i've i've got a few sets that i'm building up that i had from from childhood i'm i'm building some castles today actually um so i'm putting them together today so i could display them but i've got i've got a few sets i'll keep built and display but then a lot of other sets that are just in pieces that yeah, because, you know, I have, I have friends who have got kids. They can come over and rummage through and build what they like. Oh, and, you, know.
4: oh, you hey, let Jimmy. them touch your stuff. Okay, that's nice. Oh, oh
5: yeah. Well, some of it. Let's not, let's not be crazy.
3: Jimmy, not that you goof on me, but I think you kind of snicker about my love of Star Wars, Marvel movies, and comic books. Why don't you fuck with Dan Hardy with his le- love of Legos? Because oh, I- yes. Hey, motherfucker. <laughs> Look. Look at this. Yes. <laughs> oh, Jimmy. <laughs>
4: Listen, what do you got? I, I, I like the first three Star Wars. After that, I can't stand it. But I, I just bought a Harry Potter fucking Lego and I've never seen the movies. That's how bored I am. I went and bought a Harry Potter Lego castle just to have something to do. I right, listen, All
3: right. fuck Legos for a second. You like Star Wars,
5: or though? No? <laughs> <laughs> you like fuck Star Legos. Wars? <laughs> you want to watch The Mandalorian? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. You
3: watch The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I I am, am, absolutely.
5: absolutely. Oh, and he was, hates them. No, him. that was... Sorry, I didn't realize you were talking to me because that's a foregone conclusion. It's Star Wars. Of course I've watched Mandalorian. I've watched I, it twice. I've got I've got all this all the Lego sets that are already been released. I'm all how, over it.
3: Hey, how great was that episode with his buddy, Jimmy's buddy, Bill Burr? How great was that episode?
5: Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. And, and it's, you know what it's nice to see as well is, you know, these new Star Wars films coming out, a lot of the people that are, are having cameos in them, like Bill, are huge Star Wars fans. I mean, yep. you know, imagine getting the call up and, and, and them saying, hey, do you want to be, be in one of these Mandalorian episodes? I we're like, sign me up. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely.
3: I should have started with all this. Holy fuck. I hope you have some time. Listen, The, the Last Jedi, uh, yay or nay with The Last Jedi? You know the one where with Luke dying at the fucking thing and he, he's not I really there? Thanks, Matt. Oh, fuck, Jimmy. Well, you don't even know what a fucking Ewok is. You don't watch anything. How dare you?
4: But listen, I hated the Ewoks. That turned me against the whole franchise. <laughs>
0: it
4: was like I can't it was watch age it. appropriate for me.
3: I was little. I'm like, oh, look at Little Wicked. Look at Anyway, I like the little song at the end. Did you like The Last Jedi? Out of the new movies, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of the Skywalker thoughts, Dan Hardy
5: you know i have enjoyed all of them i i'll be honest i've enjoyed all of the and and what i would expect from it you know from something disney is they, they the production is is awesome that i actually, i've been back and i've watched all of the star wars in this lockdown and you know i like the the original trilogy obviously because there's something romantic about it you know there's a romanticism about watching them and you know i watched them back and i've been watching them with you know with, with my girlfriend and she's kind of watching them thinking eh these aren't very good to be honest but like the nostalgia is, is what we love about those movies i think if you compare them to the new ones you know they're not as not as watchable i don't think but then it was the it was when they went back and did 1 2 and 3 i, I that, that was that, that was where they lost me a bit i didn't like those 3 but then I got back on board with the other, with the newest stuff that's come out. Yeah, you didn't like
4: when Jim, they took the really uh, the when the old. Remember the old uh, Darth Vader who looked like Donald Pleasance. Uh, you didn't like when they replaced him with the good-looking young one when Lucas took out the original Darth Vader and then put the young handsome one. I hated him for that too. The original three, like the, the new three with uh, Jar Jar Banks and, and uh, yeah, they yeah, were terrible. <laughs> didn't like they were terrible. The only saving
3: grace is the fight scene with Qui and fucking. And uh, Obi Wan versus Darth Maul. Darth Maul was money, you know. They brought him back in the Clone Wars, but that's a cartoon. Let's not get too. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose a lot of fans. But listen <laughs> to me. Uh, the Last Jedi. I wanna right now. Not it, this is not the the, the uh, view of the UFC or anybody involved in the entertainment business with us. This <laughs> is not Jimmy's view. But can I give a big fuck you to Ryan Johnson for fucking up the whole new trilogy? Uh, hey. J.J. Abr- Abrams should have kept that thing from the get-go. Force Awakens was fun. Ryan Johnson comes in, Mr. Motherfucking Looper, which was great. I love Looper. I was excited for him to do this. Takes a shit on everything that J.J. Abrams did in the prior film. Gets rid of the mask. Oh, it's childish. Let's get rid of Snoke. He's nobody. Oh, Ray, you have no real background. You're a nobody. Fucking, uh, oh. And then... Luke, Luke Skywalker, the most beloved—you know, arguably one of the most beloved, uh, iconic, heroic figures, Jedi yeah. Knight. It's gonna murder his nephew in his sleep because he's worried about what. Oh yeah, let me explain that to Leia and Han, you asshole. Fucking Ryan Johnson, uh, Dan Hardy. I- I'm gonna blame this on the mugs. I don't know what it is, but I'm upset. Obs- I- it brings—he fucking killed Luke. Luke could have went out like a space samurai. But instead, oh, we get that little, oh, he wasn't there. He doesn't have the footprints in the sand. Oh, fuck you, man. Oh, he dies on a rock meditating.
4: How come none of those guys die of he disease? He
3: dies on a rock meditating.
4: None Jimmy? of those guys get diabetes or cancer. How come nobody in the Star Wars universe just gets a disease like everybody else?
3: He took a shit on everything he did, Jimmy. And right. then, listen, the rise of the Skywalker... I enjoyed it. It was like a. It was like almost like a fucking fan film. They made it fun and whatever. He had to, to unfuck himself from Ryan Johnson. But anyway, how did you get into analyst work? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: I, I'm out of great segues. That oh, beautiful. I'm gonna watch oh. those movies back later with your mind, with your mouth. Yeah. you were
3: okay with that though, Dan. You were okay with him taking Luke Skywalker on that fucking rock
5: and not yeah. being there himself. I just try not to get too invested in these things these days. You know, I, yeah. I enjoy them for what they are. Half of the time, I'm shopping for, for Lego when, when I'm uh, when I'm watching them as well because I'm like, oh, I need that set. I need that set. You know, so you try yeah. to say I get
4: too, I get too worked up. He saying <laughs> you're too angry about it. Yeah, he just likes to play with Lego and can, enjoy a good movie. Can I?
3: Can I? Can I do? I will say this though:
4: the Mandalorian.
3: Let's leave it on a good note with the Star Wars. Jon Favreau. What's the other guy that made the fucking thing? He made the Clone Wars cartoon and stuff. What's his name? He's he's, he's like partners with him in it. Oh,
5: man. I, I, I feel bad. Seen, I was I What's his name? I have seen
3: that. Good. Uh, well, I mean, but he's part of... Uh, I'm going to get it. People are going to DM me and say... Kylo Ren? No, stop it. No, he's one of the, the directors. Oh. <laughs> he's one of the guys, the, the creators of the main... I movie. hate him
4: as a bad guy, by the way. Kylo Ren. Fucking Kylo daddy, Ren. daddy issues. Yeah,
3: he uh. yeah, had daddy issues. Han Solo. What a shitty-ass father. <laughs> man, like he took off. He took off with his buddy Chewbacca. Let's get out of here, man. Let's go run some fucking illegal shit. What the fuck? I don't know. Star Wars. Is great. I love Star Wars, but uh, the Mandalorian does bring it back to that nostalgic feel and whatnot.
4: Yeah. Let's so yeah, Dan, to- How did you get into analyst work? That's a good question. Yes. <laughs> how did know you? what
5: it was. Dana White. It was it was Dana White came up to me. i have been into the uh, the old UFC offices on uh, on Sahara in Vegas. I just went in to have a, a catch-up with Lorenzo because uh, he you know, wanted to see how I was doing after being pulled from the fight, um, and how my health was and all that kind of stuff. And um, as I was leaving, Dana pulled up and uh, in a in a big stretch, Monster Energy drinks Hummer, as you would imagine Dana would. And huh. jumped out and he was like, I've got an idea. I want you to move back to the UK and, you know, uh, work commentary. So basically it was like Dana took a, a big gamble on me. I'll always be thankful for it. Just kind of thought, you know, well, he, he's got a big mouth. He seems to be able to speak fairly well for himself. Let's see how he does in this role. And I did one trial run when, uh, who was it, Ronda Rousey fought Sarah McMahon. Daniel Cormier fought um, Patrick Cummins. I was Octagon side for that, doing like a test run. And then the next next event was uh, UFC London. Um, and I was, that, that was it. I'd, I'd never done any commentary before. My first event was, was UFC London.
4: Was it nerve-wracking your first time? Like, you know, how much do I say? When do I just let them fight? Like, was it hard to get that, uh, that rhythm down of when to say something and when not to?
5: It, it, it was a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, this challenge is always, is always how you work with your, with your co-commentator. Um, and I was very fortunate. I, I got John Gooden. Um, I'd done a couple of screen tests with a couple of guys. But John Gooden and I just clicked. Um, the challenge is, obviously, you're not, you're not sitting facing each other when you're talking. You're having a conversation, both staring right. at the same thing. Uh, you know, so you can have a tendency to talk over one another and and those kind of things. Plus, keeping an eye on the on the actual schedule. I mean, anybody that, that's worked behind the scenes of the UFC knows how well-organized and and timed everything is. Like, there are certain points where I have to basically shut my mouth because there's other stuff that needs to be going on. You know, adverts, commercials... You know, we need to hear what the corner team is saying. John's got to say something particular about something. There's loads going on. So you have to kind of tune in and get used to, you know, having a few streams of thought. As well as watching the fights, you've got someone talking in your brain. You're trying to pay attention to what your co-commentator's saying. It was a challenge. um, But, you know, the thing is, I always make a joke out of this, but it it is true. I got knocked out live on TV at the O2 Arena, co-main event in London. What's the worst that's going to happen now? I'm going to say something right. stupid, you know? I'm going, to, I'm going to trip up the octagon and headbutt the corner post. Eh, you know, it, I'm, it doesn't matter anymore. People have already seen my mohawk waving side to side and me falling asleep on the canvas. I'm, I'm over so, it now. It's yeah. so funny.
3: It's so funny. Jimmy as you say that, before, I, I checked my, uh, I was, you know, like you do, I was checking my uh, iPhone, and on the UFC page, it's me getting knocked out by Shoni Carter with a back fist. It happened 20 fucking years ago, you assholes! But it's so funny, it's very freeing, Jimmy, when it gives you such an, I don't give an F attitude, when everybody's right. seen you at your most vulnerable, and at your worst. It is really like, what else could you do to me? I don't, look, look at that. Is that embarrassing? Yes. You know what I mean? But like, you all, you know, so it is amazing when you it does give you that outlook. I feel like that a lot when I'm doing the Dana White looking for a fight when they have something for us to do, riding the bull, doing this and that. I'm like, dude, I've done it all, man. Everything else, like after
5: fighting in the cage, doesn't seem that scary, right? Then yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, I, th- I think when you fall from such a great height, other things don't seem quite as high when you're gonna fall, you know. <laughs> and uh, I fully, I don't know the way to put it. I'm, I'm going to go back and watch it, and watch that fight again because I remember watching that fight around the time it happened. I don't think I watched it live, but I remember watching you hit the canvas and you ca- you still had a look at an expression of like consciousness on your face, like you were aware of what had happened. Like looked up at him like, ah. like It was there. so close.
3: If you watch it, just you know what you do? Don't watch the last 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> talk about, Jimmy, talk about tripping at the finish line. That's but, all right. uh, it, wasn't, it was. Listen, it happens, and I'll tell you the tunnel vision I had in there, how exhausted I was with my very first UFC fight, uh, and then, and then, uh, just not having a fight go past the first round. Back in the day, Dan, there was no way to get like experience, so I had eight like fights locally. They stuck me on these little cards. Why well, would just take guys down and smoke them like a joint. They didn't know any jujitsu, so. Even the toughest guys who were like some judo guys or guys, I'd still take them out. So I'm fighting a shorty Carter He was not the best guy, but he had such experience. How was your very first Do you remember your first time fighting in the octagon? And how did that feel?
5: Yeah, it was uh, it was UFC 89. I was fighting Akihiro Gono. Um, so the good thing was I knew exactly who I was fighting because he was an old pride veteran. You know, he already had wins over like Hector Lombard and Gegard Mousasi. So I was aware of him. I was, you know... And I always prefer, you know, it's it, it, in MMA. It works the same. Better the devil, you know. I'd much rather be fighting a guy I know is tough than be fighting John Jones making his UFC debut and I've never heard of the guy before. You know, I, I'd much rather. So I was quite, I was quite glad I knew who I was fighting. And I respected him. I knew what he was capable of. Um, the weird thing was, every fight leading up to the UFC, I remember feeling those nerves, those like, oh, like why am I doing this? moments and you know like well this is the last time i'm never doing this again kind of kind of conversations going on in my head the first time that didn't happen was my ufc debut and i think that the reason in hindsight is because my goal was always to get to the ufc i always wanted to, to step into the octagon and when i was when i was behind the curtain ready to make that first walk it was like i'd already achieved my goal like i'd arrived like this was you know i'd the thing is, I needed to readdress my goals and set them a little bit higher after that point because I'd already achieved that one. My my goal was to get to the UFC, and once I was there, I enjoyed that moment, that process. I was fortunate enough to get the win, and then uh, after that, after that event, I remember driving home thinking to myself, "Okay, that that was a weird experience, but I need to I need to refocus now and start thinking about the world title." It's funny
3: how even with a bunch of fights, each fight is its own unique experience whether it's from the camp you put in to just where it is the the walkout it's familiar but it's different all the same if that makes any kind of sense
5: dan no yeah yeah absolutely you know i I can and i've got a lot of my fights um, on video when i go back and watch them and i've got the same thing with old playlists as well because music was always a big part of my training camps i always used to have like particular playlists i would listen to during training camp and It would it would kind of anchor memories in those songs. So like there are certain playlists that I can put on now that will take me back to my time fighting in Japan, and I remember sitting on the bus with those little white you know like (laughs) bits of paper on the back of the seats, and everyone's asleep around me, and I've got this music playing in my head. I'm looking at Tokyo as I'm driving to the airport. You know it brings up a lot of those memories.
3: Uh, How did you get? I'm sorry, Jimmy. I was going to ask how you got into the. uh... The listen, it's the listen
4: Listen, podcast. yes, but that's what I was going to mention, him and Mark Goddard, yeah.
5: Yeah, well, that, that was, uh, I think he's refereed about 14 of my fights, and uh, he's always got a lot to say for himself. He's a very smart, intelligent guy, and it, it makes sense for, for us to record some of the conversations we have because they're fascinating. And plus... I kind of like winding Mark up a little bit. I like, I like teasing him and you know getting him a bit, bit agitated because he's very entertaining when he's angry. <laughs> All
4: right. Well, listen, uh, it's always good talking to you. And the podcast, just so people know, is called Listen with Dan Hardy and Mark Goddard. And, um, you know, thanks for coming on. It's always, uh, always good to hear you. And you're really a, such a great announcer. I mean, it's, it's definitely uh, you're in the right place.
3: I'm so happy Thank for you, you Dan. Man. As you know, Dan Hardy, there's a lot of tragedies in this fucking sport. Guys, after they're done fighting, they, you don't. Not only you don't hear from them, just you don't. They, they don't. It's not great for them. You're one of the guys that, uh, you know, I'm really, I'm proud of. If that sounds weird.
5: Thank you, man. I appreciate it. You played a part in that, and I, I'll be forever grateful for it.
3: Thanks so much, Dan. All our best, Good. brother.
4: Good talking to you, Dan. Thank you to Charles uh, Rosa and thank you so much to Dan Hardy. This was a fun one. It really was, Jimmy. And uh,
3: you're right. Spock might not be great in bed. Who knows? Well, that was me who said that.
4: You said that. I said he's probably terrific. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> the, uh, great to disagree. And can I just say for the record, satisfied sati- is it's an easy word. I said satisfied. Was- satisfied. You got it. It's a very easy word, Jimmy. I sometimes my mind goes places and, you know, you bring me back. What did I say? Satisfied, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) It's a simple word. I'm not a moron is what I'm telling you. I was just, my mind goes places and it comes back. Jimmy, I'm so happy we do this. Uh, What do you want to plug? Where are you going to be this weekend?
4: I'm going to be in the house at the table. Uh, you can go to youtube.com slash Chip Chipperson. There are two new Chip podcasts up for anybody that cares. Any of my dates, go to my website. They've been rescheduled. And uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you before the weekend, Matt.
3: Definitely, Jimmy. Talk to you soon, buddy. Good times, Yes. Pal.
4: Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Charles. And I'll see you soon. Later, pal. Bye, right, pal. Bye, everybody.
0: This is BVK for Ocean City Tourism. OCMD streaming audio on March 11th, 2024. The title of the spot is STSA leisure summer. This is a 32nd composite stereo streaming audio mix.
1: Get away with friends to the laid back Maryland coast where you can catch up while casting off and hang 10 while hanging out where a day on board is never boring and full throttle is half the fun. Where you can sink a putt, raise a glass, and there's always room for one more round. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com.
4: This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days.